This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. This will be our post-game Civilized Barking Chat. Um, I was, I had my column not half written, but uh, I thought it was over at 17-7. You guys did too. Um, the Browns come back. Flacco gets hot. The defense continues to stand on its head and do whatever else it needs to. Um, and then it's like, oh, by the way, it's not really over. And the Bears have a Hail Mary in the hands of a guy laying on the ground and he doesn't catch it. So um, all these twists and turns and all these circumstances, many of which we've been over. There were a bunch of new guys today, um, backups, practice squad players. And uh, what it comes down to, Jason, is they won. This is an all-timer as far as um, improbable and crazy comeback. And they're one win from making the playoffs. And that is improbable because of a lot of reasons, namely the guy playing quarterback and all the guys that have played quarterback this season. But at nine and five, um, I don't know. I, I guess they're just never going to lose again. So we have to shift our thinking. I'm booking uh, hotel reservations in Vegas for the Super Bowl now. Like, why not? It is Vegas, right? Vegas is here? It's Vegas, correct. Wow. Well. I'm going to go there and lose all my children's college educations in February, apparently. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this because I'm with you. We thought they were dead in the water, especially when, like, they get the big special teams play. And it's like, okay, that's what they needed. They're, now they're in business. And first play, Flacco throws a pick. And you're like, all right, well, you know, the Jets Joe is back and the magic has died. And nobody can protect them. And they're down to one offensive lineman. And this thing's over. And I don't know about you, I felt like the, the deep shot to Marquise really kind of got them rolling a little bit. It, it started to get him into a rhythm, and he started to feel himself, and everything just changed after that. And you kept saying the Bears just refused to cover David Njoku. And yeah. he was finding spots in the zone and two or three big catches, the huge throw to Amari. I thought that was getting picked, and instead Amari takes it and runs on the sideline. I don't know, number one, how it wasn't picked. Number two, how he stayed in bounds. You know, go back. I'm just streaming consciousness now. Go back to the the Flacco fumble in the first half that just trickles out of bounds. I, I mean, there was like three bears in the vicinity. They should have recovered it. And instead, the ball trickles out of bounds, so the Browns keep stay, keep possession. It's like all the bad shit that went against this franchise for 25 years. They are cashing in every chip this year, and and almost almost every break is going their way. And that's not a complaint or a criticism. That's a well. It's about time. Because in the NFL, these things are supposed to even out, and they never mm -hmm. felt like they evened out here. And this team just never quits. They never give up. I was talking to uh, Michael Dunn about, and he just said, it's just Kevin is just so even keeled. And so, all right, well, yeah, it's not looking real good right now, but just hang in there. You never know when it's going to turn. And these guys just do that. They hang in there, they fight, and they keep fighting until it turns their way. Yeah, I agree. Um you know, I, I think in any sport, any level, good teams make their own luck. But in the NFL, where it's so close to these games, just the nature of, you know, the rosters and the attrition and the competitiveness and the crazy violence and speed at which it's played. You know, I think there's there is something to be said for getting your bounces. But when you play defense the way the Browns have played defense most of the year, but specifically these last two games. Right. Like they're, they're, the scores don't say they're masterpieces like the, the two stompings from early in the year, but they are. And then Flacco just just all of a sudden went with such ease. And I do think that Marquise's the pass to Goodwin was a part of that. 
And I think you, I'd have to go back and watch to know this for sure, Jason, but I think that probably had something to do with opening things up for Najoku later. Right. And then like Flacco went from everything labored, having no time. Um, the offensive line just got destroyed all yep. game long. Yep. Like the ease at which he throws that one to Amari. Right. Like we, we just haven't seen that. And it's just, it's right there. It's on the money. The ease at which he throws the one to good one. Right. I mean, credit the Bears guys for chasing him and they get him down. But I mean, did did Goodwin look overexcited or like he went a step out of the way of where he thought that it was? No. It's a perfect did Flacco throw. get overexcited? You called it out. You said Goodwin's going in. They're going to try to hit one. And it was time. They certainly needed a spark. Everybody who watched the game knows that. And he just lets it go. It's right where it's supposed to be. And they do it. And Dustin Hopkins, like, there's no qualms there at the end. There's no anything. And so credit to the guys that have built this team and then all the way down to the Michael Dunn's. D'Anthony Bell played the game of his football life today, right? This is a Division II player that plays that's on the Browns to play special teams. And he's out there playing safety and, and making was, all sorts of plays. Was working concrete with his dad. Yes. And is now in the yeah. NFL. Right, right. Um, you know, and, and like it was easy to say because I saw it in my mentions and I felt it too. When they're down, it's like, okay, this team's just out of gas. It's been a hell of a run, but they just can't do it. But they did it. And the de- and of course, Joe gets up there and says, you got to credit our defense, and he did. But, like, something switched for him, too. And they just continued to keep coming. They didn't even get 30 yards rushing. You know, they, they lost the ball, putting the quarterback in bad spots and the quarterback forcing things. And some of it was bad luck that the pick six, you know, that ball could easily be caught or be incomplete or the first guy could pick it. Right. And fall down. Instead, it gets deflected up in the air. The second guy picks it and they run 50 yards for a touchdown. Right. And generating no offense, you get it done. The defense gives up a one yard touchdown drive. They score on defense. And then even the field goal, they went 47 yards. You know, they're not giving anything. It was two defensive masterpieces last week and this week in, in different forms. And, um, you know, just just incredible effort. How many times did Miles have field sized up? Fields gets away. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a lapse at the end. Like, of course, they everybody does. And they, they overcome it. They find a way to dodge it. So, you know, I just, if you win, if you always win at home, Jason, if you always make your kicks, you know, if, if you have a chance to, to have a goal line stand and force, like you, all these things that have to happen to navigate an NFL season, right? They're all happening at once, like you said. And I, I think it's totally fair right now to put that in totally normal to put that in the context of all the times it hasn't happened for the Browns or all the times one injury has sunk the Browns or start to build something. And all of a sudden it gets blown up for, and that's, you know, on a macro level or, or a bigger picture, but like the guys that have put this roster together and the guys in that locker room who have been here a while, who Shelby Harris, who showed up late, who Danzany Bell, who's been here for two years, but never plays except on kick coverage. Right. Like, Competing their asses off, and Jaron Christian, who wasn't here till Halloween, <laughs> Joe Flacco, who wasn't anywhere and was on scout team the first week he was here, like now he has eleven wins in this stadium. I, and it's just, it, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm out of things to say in the superlative category. I, I, I truly, I don't get like overwhelmingly surprised with anything in this league, but today I am. I cannot believe that I watched Amari Cooper run down that sideline. With that ball, I cannot believe that I watched David Njoku that wide open, and I cannot believe this team that was absolutely getting its ass kicked in the trenches down 17-7 won this game. 
Because I think if you just said who's going to get the next 10 points in this game, I'd have said, well, probably there'll be another turnover and the Bears will win 27-7. Yeah. I, I mean, Chicago scored three points on offense. Three. The Browns set them up at the one-yard line with the turnover, and they had a pick six. Three points, to, to your point about how dominant this defensive effort was. It really was. I mean, Justin Fields actually looked better than I thought he would. I know the numbers may not bear that out. He made a couple of just unbelievable plays, and 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 that was pretty much it. You know, I'm, I'm looking through. I was thinking about this during the game. Browns had a hell of a draft last year between draft and free. We know about the free agent signings. Go back and look at the draft. Cedric Tillman been a contributor these last few weeks ever since they moved on from DPJ. Uh, really couldn't force his way out of the field before that, but he's been he's been very helpful to them. Ika, I don't know that he made any plays, and I don't know that I noticed him at all, that it would have been his first chance, and I don't know that he really did anything. Dewan Jones, Anybody who played Browns. on that defense had a good game today. I can well, tell you that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Isaiah McGuire hasn't really, you know, he, he's hurt, right? He was hurt. Uh, but DTR in the fifth round. Cam Mitchell in the fifth round. Whipler was in for a snap today. Uh, Ronnie Hickman, undrafted free agent. Like, they 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 had a really good draft. And I know that's probably not the focus of today, but it's just something I was thinking of during the game, that all of these guys with these mid-round picks have helped this team in really important spots. Sure. Sure. And, and look, you, you can say the lack of a run game, the pass protection, yeah, I the general depletion. Yeah, you can say all of those things, and and they're probably valid, right? But by stealing this game today, and that's what it was like, you know, you won yourself a lot of points. This, 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 you have full engagement, you have full buy-in, um, you have a chance to lose one, right? Um, you've bought this this breathing room, um, and you guys believe in this quarterback. And even if it's once a game, the Marquise Goodwin play that can open up so many other things. Yeah, right. And like Amari had two big catches in this game and was absent on other stretches and really has the drop on the last drive. They'll call offensive offsides. Excuse me, I'm burping up that brownie. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I have no regrets. Um, and then, what, you know, they jam one into him because he's easily been picked. He wasn't really open. But, you know, he, he's making those huge plays in his 10th NFL, 9th NFL season, right? Like, um, so there are holes in this roster before and after the injuries. And there are big concerns, you know, about these offensive tackles holding up, right? About the penalties. Um, and all that. They almost had a goal line stand with two 12 men on the field penalties. <laughs> and that's because there's so many new guys. They don't have Anthony Walker out there. They don't have Grant Delpit out there. Eek is playing for the first time. Like, that's it's just what happens, right? And it's sometimes, it's many times why to go back, to, to, to your point, it's many. It's part of the reason that many times, when the injuries have happened, when it started to avalanche, or, or when it started to turn, it's avalanche this team, right? And this roster is a little bit better uh, in most places. It's certainly deeper in a lot of places that's shown. But just the buy-in they're getting to the coaches. I mean, I, I talked to Shelby Harris after the game. This guy's ten years in the league, you know, played on really good teams, seen it all, and he said, "You know what? We got two coach of the year candidates." He said, we got Stefanski, who continues to do his thing and keep everybody coordinated. He goes, we got the defensive coordinator who just continues to keep us believing, and you see the results. And I thought, that's fair. I'm going to use that. And here I am. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I know that there's there's flaws, and I know that this easily on a number of plays and moments could have gone the other way. But you just celebrate it for what it is, and all you have to do is win one more. And even if you lose next week, and again, I feel stupid saying that because it feels like they're just never going to lose again, right? 
but you would come here and it'd be Joe Flacco against the Jets in what would basically be a clinching situation. How concerned maybe a this? clinching situation, depending on what else happens. How, how concerning is this lack of a run game? Because it's non-existent right now. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is fairly concerning, especially because of the limited mobility you have with your quarterback. Um, you know, now Kareem did get planted today. He doesn't, he all, almost always gets that yard. Um, this defense you played today was really good. But, you know, you're, you're relying on the guards, and obviously Joel gets hurt, so that's a big concern. Um, yeah, yeah, the more you, you, the more you let me talk myself into it, it is a major concern. <laughs> but if you throw for, the, I guess what you got to do is throw for 374, right? I guess what you got to do is just ride your defense to where 20 is enough to win, you know? And, and um, yeah, I, I think we've seen the whole buffet, right? So it's just going to come down to finding a couple that they really like and then just grinding out on their times. I mean, there's a nice run by Jerome Ford that gets called back on the holding, right? Like, you know, did, I, I can't, I didn't see the play. I am, I'm assuming it was, I'm just saying, you know, there are little things you can see there. And, um, you know, it, it really didn't come into play because you didn't, you weren't trying to protect the lead. You were chasing all day. Yeah. So each, each game is its own story and its own path. And that's what I said. Like if your defense is always going to make one huge game changing play and your kicker is always going to make the biggest kick of the game, then you just figure you have a chance. And, and the more snaps you get for that quarterback to get hot, um, you do it. One, one thing of this defense all year long, Jason, the extra plays the offense has gotten. You know, they win the time of possession again today. The Bears end up finishing with more plays than them because of, of the last drive. But the Browns run 67 plays. For most of the game, they have more, you know, more plays. The Browns have – the Browns outgain them by almost 150 yards. And that's just the benefit. You're just running people over. So um, it, you would like to do it with the power run game, but Nick Chubb is not walking back through that door. He did walk in the locker room post game. You're not going to have him. So you just find a way and you just ride this defense. I've been saying it really since early November. This defense can drag this team to the, to the playoffs. It's happening. And then this, there's this Flacco revival and there's this, this overall magic where the defense is down five regulars today and some damn important guys. Okoronko is the second most disruptive pass rusher this team has. And here they are playing their ass off and winning a game. I knew roughly because I looked it up this week and while you were talking, I went back and looked. Maybe this is out there already. That's Flacco's most passing yards since 2018. September 13th, 2018, he threw for 376 at Cincinnati. And and he until today, that was that's his highest. Well, today he fell two yards shy. So talk about turning back the clock. We're going back five years when he was still with the Ravens. The last time he, he threw, I mean, what a wild day. Two touchdown passes, three interceptions. I guess he played good. I guess he played great. He played great in the fourth quarter. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. What do you have in the fourth quarter? 200 passing yards in the fourth quarter I saw from someone. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. No, he did. I I remember looking down at one point and seeing 162 and he, in the third quarter and he finished with 374. So, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the exact huh? number in front of me right now, but yes, that's. That's absurd. Unbelievable. Um, guys, so here, here, here's the – I see some questions about offensive tackle. This is what they have. Um, in October, they went and got Ty Nisecki, who's been in the league forever, as a backup tackle, has started some games. And they, they knew they might need him at some point. They put him on the practice squad. And then he got hurt playing in the Seattle game 
in the extra package, and he's done so. They came home from Seattle, and they signed Jaron Christian, and that was when – who was first hurt then? Wills, I think. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah yes, he replaced With Wills, yes. Yeah, and so then Wills gets hurt, hurt the next game. So Christian goes from on the practice squad and just here, just in case, because the first guy didn't. So the point is they don't have anyone else. Um, Christian and Leroy Watson competed that first week. They figured Christian would win it. They didn't officially tell him until the night before he started in Baltimore, and he started and he held up well. And they obviously they won that game. But no, the answer is they don't have a realistic option. Um, Alex Leatherwood's on his third team in three years and has not I was, been called up through all this madness. I was told today he's a guard. He's not a tackle. Yeah. They've, they've come right. to the decision he's a guard. Yeah, and so Leroy Watson, that you bring him. He was actually here before Christian, too, off San Francisco's practice squad. Had never played. This is a developmental Conference USA college player. Had bounced around a couple practice squads. Had never played a real NFL snap until about four weeks ago when they put him in there. So, yeah, is it is it danger zone? Sure, but do they have a better option? They, they don't. They don't. Um, to the person in the chat that asked about DTR packages being a front office thing, I mean, that is absurd. Um, the DTR package was in there today to convert the drive because he brings a different skill set and forces the defense to adjust. And, and he made the play. Now, going back to Seattle when I put him in for one play to give the defense, I think that was a little bit to give defenses and future defenses a look, but it was for his confidence after what they did to him in Baltimore. Um, Kevin Stefanski is coaching his ass off and playing a key role in everybody that's dragging this team to the playoffs. This is not some appeasing the front office and, and all of that shit, right? In any front office, there's not unanimous agreement. In any front office, there's always, um, you know, people that check egos and people that don't and people that have different ideas than the head coach. But, like, what they're doing is working, right? And Joe Flacco is the right answer right now. And when there's an opportunity, I, I, I would I would surmise – that the DTR package every week is six plays, maybe maybe four. They got the opportunity to run one today. It was the right move in the game. It was not because someone else was saying that. So, like, where this wild shit comes from, you know, I, I don't know. Um, and and look, this is the fine line when when you're when you're having a year like last year, and Miles is wrecking his car, and Clowney's quitting. On, you know, star players quitting on the team for the second year, and you waited all along for the quarterback and all all of that stuff. Um. All you know, all the bickering and all of that the noise, it's everywhere. But when you're winning, you're just about the winning. And what Flacco's done more than anything else is a veteran player told me, he said, you know, I'm most he said what I'm most anxious to see about Watson is not the offense or not whatever. He said because I've been on teams, and when you go through October and November and guys are tired and guys get beat up the teams that believe in their quarterback really stick with it. We're seeing that with the Steelers go one way. And these guys obviously believe in Joe Flacco. So we're seeing it go the other way. So do these Browns have flaws? Might the offensive tackles get Flacco decapitated? Yes. <laughs> but they're one win from the, they're one win from the playoffs. And like to act like that all involved aren't doing a phenomenal job or that there's outside forces of play. You know, there's going to be some uncomfortable conversations with this team that, two days after the season ends, right? But like at yeah. this rate, they're extending the season and the defense is good enough that they could continue to extend it. So we'll see where yeah. it goes. You know, what's fun is watching other games. Other games matter now. 
Like it was, it was fun yesterday to sit there and watch games, to watch the Bengals. I mean, that wasn't fun watching the Bengals come back and win, but watching the Colts beat the Steelers, Browns fans needed that. To watch Denver lose, Browns fans needed that. I can't wait to write and go home and watch a huge game tonight, Jacksonville-Baltimore tonight with all the implications in that one. You know, things go the right way, you're a game out in the division. It's just, it's fun when it matters. Like it's December and football matters in Cleveland. It's just, it's so cool, man. It's cool. I'm happy for the fans. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like, you know, Jason, we all, every sport, right? You hear coaches talk about next man up and, you know, so-and-so star player or longtime starter goes down. So what are we going to do? And, and they say, well, that's, that's why so-and-so's here. That's why this guy practices. And when the good teams, that's when you actually see it come to fruition, right? Like, I I don't know. I I don't know if I will go back and watch the all 22 of this game, at least not the whole thing. But like, I can tell you that that Ronnie Hickman and Anthony Bell delivered today. And I can tell you that Rod McLeod was a part of that. And the safeties coach was a part of that. And that Anthony Walker and Grant Delpit, everybody that was around was a part of that. But those guys played their asses off. They, they stayed ready. And that's just an endorsement of everybody. And, you know, so much stuff that gets said in the locker room and turned into instant headlines. I just roll my eyes. Like it's just, especially when we get to week 15, like everybody's tired. But Greg Newsom said last week, he said, you know, when I had that tough game in Denver, he said, the first thing Schwartz did was get up in front of the team meeting and say, Hey, Greg's going to bounce back. And you know why? Cause he's a good player. And like, we know he's going to bounce back. So we're not going to dwell on that shit. Like Greg's going to be good. And the next time the teams do this, here's what we're going to do. And the defense has been pretty good since. Yeah. You know, the Browns, the Rams are a real good team. The Browns played them pretty even or even outplayed them for a lot of that game. <laughs> it's the only game in months that they've lost. Well, I guess Denver, right? But they've come back, they've handled their business. And to be nine and five through this turmoil, um, you know, it's like last week when when certain people took it upon themselves to try to make something out of the um practice Flacco still being on the practice squad thing. Like at this point, would you really doubt Stefanski in this operation? you really think that they would be making a, a fatal mistake at this point, <laughs> right? Like I understand cause I've lived it too. If you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, I get it. And you see these players dropping like flies and you're like, man, maybe it's just not meant to be, but like you don't win games like this or go on this run that they've been on since November 12th through all these different circumstances without having really strong leadership and buy-in from guys in the locker room that make 25 million and guys that work in the locker room, picking up, Shit after right. If you don't, you just don't do that without that kind of buy-in. You covered Cavs championships, Jason, right? Yeah. Obviously, having that one guy um, was was pretty important. But like, there was a point in the season where they decided to lock in and be a team, and that that's what this team has done. Hundred percent. I couldn't have said it any better. They, they believe everyone in that locker room believes that it doesn't matter who's out there; they're going to find a way to get it done. That's half the yeah. battle. <clears throat> yeah, and like Miles was. You know, again, doesn't record an official sack today, right? Um, plays really well. <laughs> you know, JOK, what a season he's had. He's I, a pro I, bowler. I, don't, I saw someone asking earlier in the chat, is he a pro Yeah, he's a pro bowler. To me, he is. Not that I'm an expert on linebackers around the NFL, but I can't believe there's guys, too many guys out there playing better than he is this year. Yeah, I'm not sure I've done a good enough job writing or talking about that, but he's been awesome. He, he really has been awesome. So, um, you know, and, and I did write and talk about this week. D- Dustin Hopkins should be in the Pro Bowl. He delivers yeah, he again. Yep. <laughs> you he know, should. so, right. uh, yeah. So, everybody, thanks. Read what we write later. Uh, we've been here a long time. We're going to be here writing, so we're going to get out of here. But watch the Baltimore game tonight. And like Jason said, that's the fun part. You know, look, look around and see. 
And then it, this can still get so wild depending on what Buffalo and Jacksonville do the next few weeks. There's no sense in locking in on how it goes, but it does get more interesting if Baltimore would lose tonight. And then, of course, for this for this Browns team, um, you know, maybe they'll never lose again, but they only need one more win to get in, and we'll see where it goes. So thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you soon.